from LPL Financial. Welcome to Market Signals. I'm John Lynch. And I'm Ryan Dietrich. The average year since 1950 sees five separate 2% corrections per year. Now, median is about three. We had five 2% corrections last year. I honestly kind of forgot that. And you think about the year we had, stocks have gained 30%, right? So, I mean, you can have these corrections, these big sell-offs, and markets can still go higher. And then to put a bow on it, going back to 1980, the average year sees about a 14% correction from peak to trough. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of the LPL Market Signals podcast. I'm Ryan Dietrich here. I'll be your host today. And up in Boston is Jeff Bookbinder. Jeff, how's things going up in Boston today? All's well up here, Ryan, although unfortunately, uh, all is not well for the markets here. Um, But uh, beyond that, um, had a great weekend. Kids are back to school today after um, a week off, which was a bit of a challenging transition. But uh, they they made it off to school uh, despite despite being uh, sleep deprived. Now week off. Did you guys you had spring break already? So that well, we get two week long breaks, one oh. in April and one in uh, in, in February. Oh, that's kind of cool. I had no idea. Our spring break down here is I think the week before Easter, um, but oh, interesting. That's that's good. But like you said, with the as we discussed on previous podcasts, we've had some crazy weather down here in South Carolina. Just just um, well Fort Mill, South Carolina, just south of Charlotte and. Many school days have popped up, but we didn't have school, and everyone's scurrying around. Just last Thursday, we had about, I don't know, a dusting, I guess we'll call it. The whole city felt like a shutdown. Schools were on delay. It was it was crazy. Yeah, we had a good weekend in the Dietrich household, too. We, um, My son won a championship at his basketball team that I helped coach him on Saturday morning. My daughter had a cheerleading thing that she did really, really well at. Then we watched the uh, the fight on Saturday night, and that was had some guys over, and that was fun. So now we're back at it, and like you said, things are uh, – Things are selling off, Jeff. Any other comments on your weekend before we dive right into what we want to discuss this week? Well, I'm glad we're using my voice and not my feet because I went ice skating with my daughter oh, boy. yesterday and uh, haven't done that in a very long time. A little bit, little bit sore. Wow. Now your <laughs> so feet are sore or your knees and shins from falling consistently are sore? <laughs> Which is it? <laughs> There's soreness beyond... The feet, but the feet are where most of it is. Well, uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll power through. Okay. But, uh, yeah. well, let's uh, transition to the markets here, where um, stocks down sharply this morning. A little bit off the lows, but yes. still, uh, you know, down a couple percent. Well, I would say put your feet up and relax. But like you said, today our world gets a little crazy when markets are selling off. So this week, Jeff, on the LPL Market Signals podcast, we're going to focus on the coronavirus. This was something we were going to discuss on Friday, but over the weekend, uh, I think it's up to 28 countries now, uh, the virus is actively spreading. And as we speak, S&P futures down about 2.5%. Italy was down is down about 5%. Various parts of Europe down 3 to 4%. So a really significant sell-off. We're going to dive into that. Now, there are some other positives potentially out there. We're going to talk about earnings season, which is wrapping up. And this week's weekly market commentary, Jeff, you just posted it um, on our blog or on our site, LPL.com. We'll talk about earnings wrap up. And then also, we did have some decent economic data last week. So we're going to focus on those three things in this week's podcast. But Jeff, first things first, the coronavirus. I mean, every day you look, the numbers are changing. But uh, according to some of the data that I saw, about, oh, was it 6,500 people, Jeff, have passed away in um, China, but only about two dozen in other parts of the um, of the world. But that's the concern, is the virus apparently is spreading very quickly, it seems like, around the world. Italy closed down almost 10 separate towns, canceled some of their festivals. Iran, if we 
truly trust what Iran's saying or not, but multiple uh, deaths have come out of that country and it's spread quickly. And investors are taking a self-first, ask questions later mentality. I mean, Jeff, you know, this is literally last night you look at the futures crashing and it's all kind of just happening now. We were making new highs on Wednesday in the S&P 500 and now Monday morning we are not at new highs. What do you think? What's it all mean? Yeah, hard to believe. I mean, stocks are only down about three and a half percent now from all-time highs. So this is not even uh, qualifying as a a pullback yet. Now, of course, it uh, it may get worse. Um, When this whole thing started a few weeks ago, we said this could potentially drive a five to ten percent pullback. And if you look at history of uh, similar outbreaks, although this is now much worse in terms of how exactly uh, many cases we have than than SARS in o two o three, uh, you know, you get a uh, maybe a five percent pullback, maybe a little bit more. That's kind of the average, and then um, you get this V-shaped economic recovery and. And uh, the market uh, resumes after this thing's contained. Well, this thing is not being contained um, as, as well as we had hoped. And uh, you know, we might have to wait a few more weeks before we can get back to where we were last week, where we were seeing you know, a slowing pace of uh, confirmed cases. I mean, it's not long ago we were talking about uh, vaccines, you know, some optimism around vaccines being developed. Well, now uh, there's still some optimism, but it's going to take some time. Uh, the response to the outbreak in terms of quarantines, uh, you know, basically shut down a major uh, industrial area of, of Italy now. Exactly. Uh, you know, the more the response um, spreads to other countries and gets more aggressive, the more impact you have on economic growth. So. You know, whereas some are saying we might only get a you know a tenth of a percent hit to global uh, GDP as a result of this, um, I think based on what we've seen over the last 24 to 48 hours, uh, maybe that uh, forecast is a little too aggressive, or too conservative, and. Uh, could, could be uh, exactly. get a little bit worse before it gets better. Yeah, you know, Jeff, it also it doesn't feel that long ago when I was coming on here talking about, hey, guys, it's been three months since the S&P even had a 1% gain or loss, right? We were having just a huge rally, and normally that means little volatility. And we wrote, a, um, I guess, one of our weekly market commentaries, probably was three or four weeks ago at this point, but just talked about some of the complacency levels we've seen, low put-to-call ratios, and investors quite confident when you look at various sentiment polls, a lot of money flowing into stocks as well. So the inner contrarian in us said that some type of volatility and potential pullback was just perfectly normal. And whatever, we, you know, we thought it'd be Iran, um, you know, recently, and obviously that didn't um, take off. But clearly the coronavirus is what's driving things now, the concern over the global economy, very rightfully so. Jeff, I was playing with some numbers um, just this morning, kind of looking at the futures and thinking I better put this in perspective. You know, the S&P 500, Jeff, so again, the time of recording this, the S&P is down 2.5%. So I'm going to say, let's assume we're down 2% today on Monday. The average year since 1950 sees five separate 2% corrections per year. Now, median is about three. We had five 2% corrections last year. I honestly kind of forgot that. And you think about the year we had, stocks have gained 30%, right? So, I mean, you can have these corrections, these big sell-offs, and markets can still go higher. And then to put a bow on it, going back to 1980, the average year sees about a 14% 
correction from peak to trough. Now, a lot of those years have seen double-digit corrections, and the S&P is still comfortably in the green for the year. In fact, some pretty good gains. So we're not minimizing what's happening, but like you said, Jeff, we're about 3 3 3.5% off the recent highs. Corrections happen. Volatility happens. And this isn't totally shocking, I don't think, if you've been following what we've been saying for several months now that, hey, we've had a good run. Maybe it's time for a little bit of a, a roller coaster, I guess we'd say, right? It goes up and down. Back to you, Jeff. What do you think? Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, I, I, I think you. that's a great stat for people to share with, uh, you know, with, for advisors to share with clients. The, um, the average correction mm-hmm. in a positive year for the S&P is about 10 11%. Right. Great point. So, and yeah, we haven't had uh, much of anything mm-hmm. uh, so far. This seems like the type of event, and, and there's a lot of uncertainty right now, and we understand a lot of folks are, are, are nervous uh, and, and, and rightly so in terms of the human impact. But um, this is just a typical year in the market. I mean, actually, the S&P 500 is still up year-to-date even after today's losses. Right, exactly. At least based on where the, the market is trading. And NASDAQ's today. up more. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And we're only, uh, you know, in the third week of February. So there's plenty of time left for gains. Uh, maybe this goes, again, a little further. Some of the... Um, the health outbreaks in the past or some of the geopolitical shocks in the past did lead to corrections of more than 10%, uh, maybe 15%, depending on the situation. This this feels like something that should be a little bit less than that, but we'll just have to wait. We're following the news like everybody else. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think a little teaser, we've discussed probably writing a blog, and as we've had this discussion, I think I will t- later today, lplresearch.com, I'll probably put a blog together that just kind of p- takes a look at, like you just said, Jeff, even in up years, you can still have an average of a 10% correction. I think it's just so important to uh, to note that. And I was incorrect with my number I cited earlier. It's actually uh, approximately 2,500 people have, have tragically passed away in China, but about two dozen globally the rest of the world. And I remember, Jeff, when you did that weekly commentary a few weeks ago, we took a look at swine flu over 200,000 people died from swine flu. So again, we're not minimizing what's going on with the coronavirus and literally shutting down <laughs> countries and cities and counties. It's going to have an immediate impact in the um, in the uh, overall economy, we think. But again, we've seen these outbreaks before. And like you said, I mean, Jeff, do you remember by memory, like, I guess you already said about 5% correction. And then within two or three months, we kind of make up those market losses. Am I correct with when you look at uh, the previous outbreaks? In pandemics, yeah, that's right. On mm-hmm. on average, yeah. Uh, and when you look back at those uh, other instances, the you know what's clear is the economic cycle really drives the reaction more than anything else. Right. Right. So the com- SARS was, you know, almost at the bottom of a bear market. Right. Exactly. In, in, in 2002, 2003. Mm-hmm. So right. the market bounced back nicely as green shoots emerged, suggesting the recession was coming to an end and. Uh, you know, moving past those accounting scandals and all of that. So um, this is a different situation because it's later in the economic cycle, and stocks are more richly valued heading into this outbreak. So, you know, that suggests that maybe this isn't just a, you know, down 5% and then snap right back in a month or two. could be a little bit worse uh, given where – where we're starting from. Yeah, that's a great point. So swine flu took place in late 2002, 2000, early 2003, during the major uh, end of a major bear market. And um, uh, 
I'm sorry, SARS. SARS took place in 2002, 2003, and swine flu was early, to, I think, what, April of 2009, also near the bottom of a historic market sell-off. Um, now, Jeff, you know, I always like to use this, and it's, it's, um, it's kind of a little joke, so I'm not making light of the situation we're talking about, but there's an economist, right? You talk about averages. There's an economist, and he puts his head in the oven, and he put his feet in a bucket of ice. And they said to him, or I'm sorry, he's a statistician. A statistician puts his head in the bucket and um, feet in the ice. And they say, hey, how do, you, how do you feel? And he goes, well, on average, I feel pretty good. <laughs> you ever heard that one? <laughs> but, uh, yes, I have heard yeah, that that's one. Yeah, a, that's, a, that's a good one. So when we're getting to these averages, it's tough when you have small, relatively small sample sizes and different things. That's why we use medians as well. But still, uh, we think it makes a lot of sense to take a look back at history and then potentially try to find the path where, uh, where the future will lie. I mean, Jeff, we've covered a lot on this. We're going to do a lot more on LPLResearch.com, our blog, taking a look at um, – the coronavirus and the impacts, and really just the kind of the, what I talked about earlier, the volatility aspect of things, where we were spoiled for three months with no volatility. Now we're having it. Any kind of final uh, comments on coronavirus before we maybe get to some good news for the next 10 minutes of this podcast? Yeah, I'll just say that um, long-term investors should just sit tight. Exactly. The economic impact of this is almost certain to be temporary. And while we don't know how long it's going to take to uh, resume economic activity at its you know, prior pace. Uh, we do expect it to happen, you know, certainly at some point in the first half of this year. And uh, well, long-term investors should be rewarded by staying the course. Yeah, exactly. I mean, just today we saw the IMF cut earnings estimates for 2020 for China. And again, not surprising at all. It's kind of the uncertainty that's got investors on edge here as to how much the rest of the globe potentially could be impacted by... Um, shutting down cities and counties and potentially other countries if, if it spreads that far. But Jeff, some good news here. On the earnings front, this week's weekly market commentary, which you can find on LPL.com. Just scroll down a little bit. It's right there next to a link to this podcast. Earnings season in the fourth quarter is pretty much wrapped up, Jeff. You put together this week's commentary. Um, you know, give, give us kind of a high level. How did corporate America do and what did they have to say about the future? Yeah, corporate America did great this earnings season. Now, we have to put out the disclaimer that uh, most companies reported before this latest wave of uh, coronavirus infections. So, um, you know, had had all of the companies reported today, you would have seen maybe a little less uh, upbeat commentary Mm -hmm. on the future. But that doesn't take away from the fact that corporate America had a lot of momentum heading into uh, 2020. So, you know, we had really nice upside on earnings and revenues relative to expectations when earnings season began. And that was, you know, with some challenges, certainly. A lot of the fourth quarter, we didn't have uh, a trade deal secured. And certainly global growth was slowing. We hadn't really seen evidence of a pickup in growth like we started to see uh, at the very end of the quarter Uh, and in January. You had a strong dollar. You had some other lower oil prices, which hurt energy sector profits. You had a number of challenges, and yet companies still uh, generated about as much upside as they normally do, and in the case of revenues, even a little bit more upside than they normally uh, are able to produce. So very, very good uh, numbers. Technology was a standout. And then, you know, the news actually even got a little better and this is almost hard to believe when you look at 
what happened to 2020 estimates as companies reported Q4 results. Uh, and the guidance was uh, more positive than we had anticipated. And estimates still have not fallen even 1%. They, on average, fall 2% during earnings season. Mm. They're not even down 1%, which is really amazing given all the challenges companies were facing, uh, you know, especially in, uh, you know, for the companies that reported in late January, early February. Uh, great points so, uh, there. Just an outstanding yeah. uh, set of earnings results. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm looking at the commentary that you put together. I see you said 3.5% revenue growth is not great, but it's a solid 0.9% above prior expectations. Uh, the upside was good. And like you said, it's kind of, okay, earnings season is backward looking. We get that, but it's what they say about the future. And what is the estimates for 2020 earnings growth right now then, Jeff? I mean, they were positive, but what, is it still 6 or 7% or so? What are, what are we looking for? It's actually a little above 7% oh, okay, uh, good. right now. About okay. $176 per share for S&P 500 EPS. Okay, okay. So that's, um, yeah, like you said, I mean, and again, remember, earnings were relatively flat last year, so we are seeing a little bit more of an acceleration on earnings. Jeff, let's talk about technology stocks right now, maybe for a second, because they've been a true just true leader, right? Tech stocks are up 50% last year. NASDAQ's still leading, but the last couple days, you look at the groups that kind of got hit, it is the high flyers, it's tech stocks. But on the earnings front, like you said, earnings were justifying, I think, a lot of those moves, right? I mean, but then we had Apple, I'll hand it to you in a second, we had Apple just last week say that they were going to miss some revenue numbers because of the concerns in China with the coronavirus. So what's your take on tech right here and now, especially after what Apple had to say last week? Yeah, it's one of the most China-sensitive sectors mm-hmm. yep. in the market, and so it makes sense that you know companies like Apple and, and a lot of the semiconductor companies, uh, tech component makers, would would have um, a, a tough time with this. This is what makes it even more uh, remarkable um, in terms of the outlook. The tech sector actually saw earnings estimates rise uh, year to date. That's just tremendous. I mean, wow. you know that estimates almost always fall as companies report. Right. Tech esti- estimates have risen. That's the only sector that can make that claim at this point. Uh, there's just there was a lot of positive momentum, not just in in tech, but really in the economy overall, um, heading into the coronavirus outbreak. So, you know that why does that matter? People are thinking, well, you're just looking backward. That's not relevant anymore. It matters because we had some momentum, uh, and we were at in a better place when this hit. So the, the U.S. economy and corporate America uh, both were in a better position to withstand this than they would have been otherwise. So the, we think that will limit the eventual hit. Okay, good points there, Jeff. I think we've got about five minutes to go, so let's talk about our final subject here of the day. Just some other economic data that came in last week that, like you just hinted at, were improving, right? Showing signs that the economic uh, slowdown we saw late last year could be ending. Now, the obvious caveat here is the the impact of coronavirus going forward. But, Jeff, one of our favorite indicators is the LEI, Leading Economic Index. Is it the conference board who makes that one? I believe, right? That's right. Yeah, good. So sometimes I get this stuff right. There are 10 separate indicators on it, but what we really like about it 
it's leading, right? It looks at some of the leading indicators. It's not backward looking. And what we saw was a really good jump back in, I think it was January. The recent number came out last week. Yes, January, we saw a good jump again. So some of the leading indicators that are out there showed a positive sign. Also globally, look at manufacturing PMIs in Europe specifically. Really nice bounce out of Europe. Germany's been in a manufacturing recession. I think most of us agree there. But finally, they're showing some signs of thawing out as well with the U.S.-China trade deal potentially um, you know, moving forward and, and some positive news. So we had some positive leading indicators last week. Any other comments on um, kind of what we saw from the economic data uh, last week? Um, I, think, I think it's important to keep in mind, though, that that data all came out before the outbreak worsened. Uh, and so you might see a little bit of a dip in February. Mm-hmm. In fact, right. we just got a data point uh, late last week that reflects some of the February weakness, which was the uh, the Manufacturing Purchasing Managers Index from Market, M-A-R-K-I-T. With an I. And we saw that drop a point. Actually, the services number within that that set of data was, was down about four points. So uh, no doubt manufacturing sentiment in the U.S. has been affected by what's going on in China over the last uh, few weeks. This is something we have to watch. But here again, you know, that reading was expansionary before. It was both both of them were over 50. So you had a little bit of a cushion there um, to uh, to help withstand uh, the impact of the outbreak. And, you know, we still have seen very, very few cases in the U.S. You know, the U.S. is certainly taking um, measures of its own uh, to limit the outbreak from spreading, uh, and uh, so far those uh, those measures have been effective. Uh, good points there, and like you said, yes, the U.S. flash manufacturing PMI is one of the more recent data points we've seen, and it definitely had um, the services number specifically, and that's the thing we've talked about, right? We've said manufacturing's been a little weak-ish, but services here in the U.S., the consumer makes up about 70% of GDP. Consumer's been really strong. That's kind of the first little crack, but obviously there's more more data. But overall, the jobs numbers and jobs uh, employment backdrop looks quite healthy, and you know we're still suggesting that the U.S. economy is on firm footing. But I loved how you said, Jeff, you know, coming into this recent coronavirus outbreak uh, getting worse, some of the data that we saw were, were pretty good. So we, we have uh, some, some nice backing there. But all in all, housing starts. I mean, let's be honest. One of the biggest things someone can buy is a house, right? And the U.S. housing data recently has been really strong. Housing stocks have been really strong. So, so again, some positive things. But should this continue to um, spread and the global slowdown uh, potentially spread from China to the other parts of the world, th- this makes sense to us. The U.S. is on fairly firm footing uh, right here and right now. So, Jeff, we've hit about the end of the road in this week's uh, weekly uh, podcast, LPL Market Signals. Any uh, final words from you before I sign us off? Yeah, the only other thing I want to mention, Ryan, is that the global policy response to the outbreak has been and will continue to be very aggressive. And so that should help limit the economic impact and market impact uh, in, uh, in China and around the world. So look for more uh, policy responses to um, hopefully mitigate um, the uh, damage going forward. Yeah, I saw some notes this morning that Fed funds futures are actually looking for a rate cut from the Fed here in the United States this April now. Um, so that would be 
a lot different than what um, I think we expected recently. And don't forget what yields are doing globally. The 30-year yield here in the U.S., all-time low. 10-year yield is uh, floating near the lowest levels that it's been uh, historically as well, breaking 150. So those are some some things we'll probably dive more into next week um, a little bit with what's going on with yields in the bond market. But, Jeff, thanks for being here this week. Thank you for all of our listeners for being here one uh, another week. We, we really appreciate it if you continue to we love the people listening and, and continue to give us a uh, feedback give us a positive review we appreciate that as more people have positive reviews on this podcast can listen to it so thank you jeff thank you to everyone we'll be back next week with the latest edition of the lpl market signals podcast take care everyone the opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide or to construed as providing specific investment advice or recommendations for any individual security. Any economic forecast set forth in this podcast may not develop as predicted, and there can be no guarantee the strategies promoted will be successful. All performance reference is historical and is no guarantee of future results. Investing involves risks, including potential loss of principal. No investment strategy or risk management technique can guarantee return or eliminate risk in all market environments. All information referenced in the podcast is believed to be from reliable sources. However, we make no representation as to its completeness or accuracy. This research material was prepared by LPL Financial, LLC, securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA and SIPC. To the extent you are receiving investment advice from a separately registered independent investment advisor, please note that LPL Financial is not an affiliate of and makes no representation with respect to such entity. The investment products sold through LPL Financial are not insured deposits and are not FDIC, NCUA insured. These products are not bank credit union obligations and are not endorsed, recommended, or guaranteed by any bank, credit union, or any government agency. The value of this investment may fluctuate. The return on the investment is not guaranteed and loss of principal is possible.